6. No, the Father loves the Son, and I love my Son too. Good morning. Today we're going to continue our series on the person of Jesus Christ, the express image of the Father. All the fullness dwells in him. He is the Son of God. He came out from God. Jesus came out from God. Therefore, the person of Jesus Christ cannot be exhausted. His riches literally have no end. What does that mean? It means just keep pressing in and God will show you something new. He'll always show you something new about Jesus. Not just to satisfy your own curiosity, but for your nourishment. Jesus is the bread of life. Growing in the knowledge of Christ isn't, isn't like learning a bunch of facts about Christ. It's growing into a comprehension of his person, into a deep-seated comprehension. There's a grasping of his person. You actually partake of him. The same way that your body partakes of a piece of bread and digests it, and it becomes a part of you. See, Christ can't be known unless he's imbibed. You have to imbibe Christ. You have to get Christ in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And as we press in, see, and we subject our mind to the consideration of the preeminent Son of God, something happens. Something substantial happens. Something substantial is ministered to you. You become more like him. See, as as we look upon Christ, we're transformed from glory into glory. You become more like him as you consider him. Yes, amen. Jesus is the truth, and his words are concentrated and potent. Out of his mouth proceeds a sharp, double-edged sword. It's sharp, and it's precise, and it's always been that way, and it will always be that way. It cuts forwards, and it cuts backwards. There's no shallowness to the speech of Christ. It's not watered down. It doesn't need to be altered or improved upon. No man has ever or will ever speak the way that Jesus does. Jesus never has to say, I could have said it better. But you see, we, we can say, I, I could have heard it better. See, so today I would like, like for us to consider such a precise and profound and salient statement from our Lord when he said, Think not, think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Matthew 10, 34 through 36. Now, some people today would probably be shocked to learn that Jesus said this. I'll just be honest. After all, the scriptures talk so much about peace. How could Jesus say something like this? Consider the word peace appears over 400 times in the scripture. 
When Jesus came into the world, the angels boldly declared, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The prophet Isaiah rightly called Jesus the Prince of Peace. God is known as the God of Peace. The Word of God emphatically declares that Christ is our peace. What do you mean Jesus did not come to send peace? The gospel of Jesus Christ is referred to as the gospel of peace. Peace is one of the central themes of the new covenant. The blessed sons of God are called peacemakers. What is Jesus talking about here? Unfortunately for the gainsayers, it doesn't mean that the scripture contradicts itself. Jesus is the truth. Jesus said it, and we believe it. Amen? Amen. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. And while people have all sorts of ideas why Jesus came, he did not come to do the will of man, but the will of God. Remember that while he was here, some people sought to make him king because he multiplied the the bread and the fishes, and he withdrew from them. There was even a man who asked Jesus to settle a legal dispute with him. There in Luke chapter 12, he said, Who made me a judge over you? He didn't come to unite the people so that everybody would just get along. That's not why Jesus came. He didn't come to make this world a more comfortable place to live in. He didn't come to settle all of our earthly problems and supply all of our earthly needs. This is not the reason why he came. He came not to bring peace, but a sword. He was certainly not advocating physical violence and war. He was rather declaring that he did not come to unite the world together, but he came to bring division. See, elsewhere it says, suppose that ye, suppose ye that I have come to give peace on the earth. I tell you, nay, but division. That's what Jesus said. Now, Jesus knew the thoughts of men. He knew that some of the people supposed this. The Jews thought that the Messiah would come to do this. Prophecies that were found, like in Isaiah chapter 11, caused them to look for someone to bring this peace to pass. In fact, many Jewish people today are still waiting expectantly for the Messiah who will bring world peace. But Jesus wants such people to know that this is not why he came. We know that there was one time when there was peace on the earth among the sons of men without Jesus coming. The scriptures speak of a time in the generations of men following the flood that they had all one language and they gathered together in the plain of Shinar to build a tower toward heaven. And God came down and saw that what they were doing. And he said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. See, world peace. See, see, humanity would call that progress now, right? But what did God do? It says he confounded their language and he scattered the people. And it's out of order 
for anyone to think that God would send his son to undo the scattering that he did at Babel. God will not allow men outside of Christ to be united. He, did, he, he would not send his son into the world to perpetrate what we already know is not his will. Jesus is not the remedy for personal conflict with other people. This isn't the reason why he came. He did not come to bring peace to our earthly relationships or to settle family issues. Not only that, he very well may be the cause of your next conflict. Following him might actually bring about more family issues than you had before you came into Christ. Consider that there's no closer mortal relationship that a person can have than in their own family. This is where you're the closest. A husband and wife together are one flesh. So you can't get you can't get much closer on a mortal level than that. Your children are your own offspring. So you can't that there's a closeness there. And Christ says that even there, even in the closeness of your own household, he is making a clean cut division. You see, everything appeared to be going just fine until Jesus showed up. And then the di- there was a difference that was clearly seen. Not only a difference, but a variance. The division is one of opposition and at enmity with one another. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. A foe is someone who is who is hostile. Someone who seeks to do you great harm shall be in your own household because of Jesus. And Jesus said, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death and the father, the child And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. This is the effect of Jesus coming into the world. This world, this world, coming into this world, this world is known as this present evil world. It's under a curse. This world is cursed. This world is not our home. It's, it's a place that's ruled by the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the enemy of our souls. Its entire operation is contrary to God. If anyone loves the world, see, the love of the father is not, not in him. God has declared that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Anyone inordinately connected to this world to this world system, anyone inordinately connected to it is actually God's enemy. Christ came to deliver us from this present evil world, not to reconcile us to it. He clearly said, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And he says here that even taking up the thought that he came to send peace on the earth is out of order. You see, those who are attached to the things of the world and the things that are in it are at variance with the God of heaven. See, there are the children of God and there are children of the devil. There are the wheat, see, and there are the tares. And Jesus, the presence of Jesus, brings this variance to the surface. 
Notice that Jesus, notice the nature of the Son of God. He never agreed, Jesus never agreed to disagree. He never compromised the truth in order to diffuse a hostile environment. He was bold. In fact, his words often stirred up the hostility of others at times. Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, and then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Amen. Then the Jews took up stones Amen. again to stone him. See that? See that was the effect. See that was Jesus bringing a sword. That was the effect. Amen. In John chapter ten, Jesus told the people that he was the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. He said, "My Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again." You want to know a reason why Jesus came? Is that he would lay down his life and take it up again. See? He said, I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received of my Father. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these things. See, Jesus was was bringing a sword. And many of them said, he has a demon. He is mad. And, uh, and others said, these are not the words of him who has a demon. Yeah. They were no longer mingled. Mm-hmm. There was a division. And the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Notice that these divisions are, are, are preceded by a declaration of the truth. Yeah. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit that they which believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said of truth, this is a prophet. But others said, this is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. Because of him. Because of Jesus, there was a division among the people. See, he was, Jesus was bringing a sword. When Jesus opened the eyes of the man who was born blind in John chapter 9, they brought him before the Pharisees and they asked him how that his eyes were opened. And he told them what Jesus did. Immediately following, it's written, Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. 
And others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. See, this is how the scripture speaks of it. In John chapter 6, there was a division even among those who professed to follow Christ. Jesus told his disciples, unless a man eats my flesh and drinks my blood, he has no life in him. Well, some concluded that that was a hard saying. And at that time, it's written, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with them. But not the twelve. See, Jesus asked the twelve, will you go away also? To which Peter replied, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. See, there was, there was, Jesus was bringing a sword, see? When Jesus spoke, it revealed who was who. A division was, was among the people because of what Jesus spoke. Jesus is the word made flesh. And the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as, much, as much as it lies in us to live peaceably with everyone, we will, we will gladly do so, as the scriptures say. Our, our, our aim isn't, isn't to, to cause a bunch of unnecessary trouble. We're not, we're not warmongers. Yes. We don't go looking for trouble. We don't bear, we don't, in, 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 in malice be children, is what it says. We, we don't bear anybody ill will. We're not malicious. We don't aim to, we don't aim to be harmful. We, we, when, when the word of God says be, be as harmless of do, as doves, we say, amen, yeah. amen. No one likes being put in a position where, where they have to choose. See, they have to choose Christ over their family. Nobody likes to be put in that kind of a position. However, attempting to reconcile every personal issue and every family issue and serve Christ at the same time is sometimes impossible in some circumstances, especially when it causes you to forsake Christ in order to do so. Jesus says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That is, those who follow after Christ will at some point have to make a decision to choose Christ even over their own self. See, there, this, he's talking about a preference here. There's a preference. Like if, if, if my family comes from out of town to visit on a Sunday, like they'll know where I'm going to be. I'm not, under any circumstance, we should not leave the feet of Jesus. Amen. That's my judgment on it. And, and Jesus himself, see, he modeled this very behavior. There was a time when he was teaching his disciples, and his family came to interrupt the meeting. The account's found in Matt chapter 12, verses 47. He was teaching his disciples. Then one said to him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak. They stand without. 
They didn't come in to him. See, they stood without. But he answered and he said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples. And he said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. See, that, this is the division. This is the division that, that Christ, Christ is making. And while Babylon would have us to focus on the family, God calls us to focus on his son. See, see, we, we see we focus on the son. Jesus won't Jesus won't teach you anything about himself if he's in the background. It's not going to happen. Fellowship with Christ is always at the expense of separation, even from the dearest upon earth. And the sword of Christ often penetrates and cuts them away. But yet the reward is great and worth it. Even in this even in this life, the reward is great and worth it. Jesus said, "Verily I say unto you, there is no man. There is no man that had left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time." And in the world to come, life everlasting. I, I would like to testify that that's the truth. I'd like to testify that I personally have experienced the truth of that. And again, everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my namesake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. See, Jesus is capable of making others to be at peace with you. But that's, see, that's not the reason why he came. He came to do, Jesus came to do the will of the Father. Amen. The will of the Father was that he lay down his life and he take it up again. The will of the Father was that he would drink the, the cup of his wrath for every man. So that the Son could rightfully, see, Seek and save that which was lost. See, that's why, that's why the Son of God came, to seek and save that, that which was lost. He, he came that, that all men would be reconciled to God and, and, and to, be, to be at peace with God, not, not merely at peace with one another, see. So that we would be prepared for the sanctifying work of Christ to ultimately become fitted for our heavenly purpose. Therefore... Jesus came. Jesus came to not provide the need that unregenerate men in their ignorance perceive that to me to be. Jesus came to address our real need. We had a real need, and that's why Jesus came. We were lost. We didn't need to get along with each other. We needed to get along with God. Amen. We all have to stand before God perfect. We needed our sins to be forgiven. We needed to be sought out and saved. See, only Jesus could do that. See, an angel couldn't do that. Only Jesus could do that. And so if the world hated and crucified Jesus, do not marvel if it hates you too. We must never expect a pillowy and flowery bed of ease in this world as we sojourn with Christ. 
Jesus is speaking these words here to prepare his people for persecution so that when it comes, they will not be taken off guard. The apostle echoed these same words of our Lord when he said, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Everyone in Christ has a cross. You have a cross that you must bear. You must take it up. Take up your cross and follow after me. Christ says, we fellowship in the sufferings of Christ. And those who would try to avoid or minimize the suffering are going to lose their lives. Jesus said, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Why? Because you see, the trial of your faith perfects your faith. They say that we, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's what it says. The trial of your faith. See, don't, sh- don't shy away from that. Are you suffering persecution and tribulation? Have you? Well, I'd like to confirm your soul today and exhort you to continue in the faith. Just continue in the faith, brethren. Because of Christ in this life, you're sure to be known as an oddball. It It may ruin your reputation as the cool guy. You might be hated, looked down upon, despised. You might be scourged. You might be in bonds and in imprisonment. But if we suffer with him, We shall also reign with him. We shall. At the end, when he gathers, at at the end, when he gathers everybody together, the division between clean and unclean, holy and filthy, righteous and unrighteous, light and darkness, it's going to be made crystal clear. The sheep will be on his right hand and the goats will be on his left hand. And he will thoroughly reap his fields and he will thoroughly purge his his threshing floor with the winnowing fan that's in his hand. And it's in his hand, brethren. He's coming. And the tares will be bound in bundles to be burned. And then the the wheat, see, will be gathered. You see, gathered into his garner. It'll. I praise God for this Christ that came not to bring peace, but a sword. The prophets foretold God was sending a man who would cause the wolf to lie down with the lamb, who would gather the people together and bring them to rule in a peaceful terrestrial kingdom. But the Jews in their thoughts did certainly err. My kingdom is not of this earth, he declared. Don't think I have come to send peace on the earth but instead to divide men by speaking the word. It's a word that is sharp and it comes from his mouth and it makes a division. Yes, even in your own house, it cuts and divides and even our family can be foes. And Jesus told us in advance. So we'd know the division looks created By Christ's presence so persisted, but Jesus is only bringing out what has always there existed. The summer of the world and do not mind the things above. And some do seek wholeheartedly for the God of truth and love. So continue in the faith, dear saints, and do not be dismayed. Even if there is against you your own children that he gave, 
The trouble you must bear is perfecting you for heaven. And our reward is even greater than that suffering you must reckon. Until that day when we shall stand and see him face to face. And that final sorting will be done in that great gathering place. And the sheep will be there on his right and the goats there on his left. And we will enter into life and they the second death. Praise God for Jesus sanctifying men unto himself. The division that he makes on earth is for our good and for our wealth. Thank you, brethren.